And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Kay and I, we bought our first home in Shawnee, Oklahoma. It's a little cottage house on the historic Broadway Street in Shawnee. It's the street, it's really a wide street. It's where the trolley cars used to run down the street. And I was always a little bit befuddled because on the west side of the house, west side of the street, all the houses were really big. And then on the east side of the street, all the houses were modest, like, like we bought. And I was trying to figure out why that was. And it all has to do with the way the sun would, would hit the house. So if they're on the west side of the street, then when the sun was setting, you could sit on the front porch and be in the shade. If you were living on our side of the street, forget it. <laughs> the poor side of the street. But that's where we bought our first house. Now, when we described to people in town where it was that we lived, people would always say, oh, that's the Breedlove house. Apparently, somebody else was living, and we were living in someone else's house. Dave and Mary Breedlove, they raised their kids in that house, our house, the one that we eventually lived in for 15 years before we moved to Oklahoma City. The Breedloves left that house, and they moved just a few blocks away, and just around the corner, onto Independence Street. But somehow, as Karen and Noah and I lived in that house, it remained their house. How long has a guy got to live somewhere before it becomes the human's house? Well, I want to pivot now. I want to ask this question. When was Jesus born? Dean Churchwell and I were arguing about this the other night. It was a friendly argument. It's been a commonly held understanding that Jesus was likely not born in December. I don't know if you've ever looked into the different theories about when Jesus was born, there, but there's a commonly held story that our 4th century Roman church leaders set the celebration of Christmas to compete with pagan winter festival of Saturnalia, which was just last week. This was already happening around the solstice. And so people were having parties, they were having winter festival, they were exchanging gifts, and church leaders said, they're having a little bit too much fun doing that, so let's make this a part of our festival of the birth of Jesus. They co-opted it. They Christianized Saturnalia. But maybe that's not true. William Teague is a professor of history at Mullenburg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He points to a belief system that seemed to have been widespread in Judaism at the time of Jesus, but which, as it is nowhere taught in the Bible, has completely fallen out of use and awareness. It's called the integral age, the integral age of the Jewish prophets. And it's the idea that the great prophets of Israel died on the same dates as their birth, or the same, or the same date as their conception. Okay. They died on the same day as their birth or the same date of their conception. Now, this is true of some famous folks. You may have heard this before. It's just trivial information. William Shakespeare died on the same day that he was born. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, same. Now, I know I'm getting in sort of the weeds of this. You know, you, this is where you begin to ask, you know, why, why should I care about this? But hang in there. I think I can make it worth your while. 
There are actually two dates in the global Christian church that are attributed to Christmas. Two dates. For Christians in the West, of which we are a part, it is December 25th. And for Orthodox or Eastern Christians, it is, does anybody know? January the 6th, very good. A difference of how many days? 12 days. Sound familiar? Hang in there. Interestingly, both of these groups are also in disagreement on the precise date of when Jesus died. A disagreement that is off by approximately 12 days. For Western Christians, the date is March 25th. For Eastern Christians, the tradition is April 6th, 12 days. Integral age, the understanding that great Jewish prophets are often born or conceived on the same day as they died. Are you still with me? Hang in there. A date that Eastern and Western Christians are not in disagreement about, however, is the day of what is called the Annunciation, or the day that the angel announced to Mary that she will conceive, and maybe, perhaps, in our imagination, the day that the actual conception took place. March 25th is attributed to be that day. And so what is the length of a pregnancy? About 280 days, give or take, approximately nine months. And nine months to March 25th, Add nine months to March 25th, and you get December 25th. Add it to April 6th, and you get January 6th. Now, my wife, sitting over there, is a college professor who's a rational, logical person, (laughs) says, this is where I start to become one of the weirdos. (laughs) She's not wrong. So what if all of this is just artful, wishful thinking? What if Jesus wasn't born in December? There's a physicist um, from Hertfordshire, England, named Gary Turner, who's also one of these weirdos. Dr. Turner makes a compelling case for why Jesus was born in the autumn, late September or early October, around what is called the Jewish Festival of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, or Tents. He makes this conjecture based on something written in the beginning of John's Gospel. And the word, or in the Greek, logos, which means sort of every great and good idea that exists in the universe, and the word became flesh and lived among us. Here's what Dr. Turner says about this. He says, an alternate translation, but less understandable to modern readers, of the word lived, is the word tabernacled, a word that describes a simple makeshift dwelling, a tent, or a barrio. These tabernacles served as a kind of symbolic liturgical action in the Jewish feast of Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles, or tents, when for seven days an observant Jew in the autumn would construct and live in such a flimsy tent called a sukkah, a tabernacle, And I have Jewish friends, and you may also, who celebrate Sukkot by building a tent in their front yard or their backyard, and they symbolically live in this tent for a a week or so because they're reenacting the time when the Israelites escaped slavery and were living in the wilderness in makeshift dwellings. 
In the religious ceremony of Sukkot, Jews welcome the Shekinah glory of God, God's presence. It was that same glory that lit up Moses' face after meeting with God in that simple tent of meeting. So bright he would need to wear a veil until God's glory would eventually just wear off of him. Also in the Jewish ceremony of Sukkot, they welcomed the seven faithful shepherds of their people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, and David. And so Dr. Turner asks kind of that right brain question, could this be the reason why the angels appeared to a group of shepherds? God's glory was shown to shepherds who visited Jesus in a flimsy shelter, what the story calls a stable, but what could have been easily a sukkah. The word became flesh, and it lived among us. A big part of the Jewish imagination is shaped by the way images of the past inform current and future events. A few years ago, Kay and I received a call from the Breedlums. You know those people whose house we were living in? Their daughter was home for Christmas, and she wanted to drop by and see the home where she had grown up. Has anybody here ever done that? Had the audacity to go up to a house that she lived in and knock on the door and say, I used to live here, can I come in and look around? (laughs) We were delighted, said absolutely come in. And so as they walked through the house and they talked about the changes that we had made to it, but it's when she got to the pantry, she stopped and she opened the pantry door and she closed it. And then she opened it, she closed it again. Almost enough to make it an awkward moment. And she said, that sound, that sound is making me have feelings. I think a lot of us have feelings when we hear the sound of a pantry door opening and closing. (laughs) But she talked about how it brought back memories of something that was important to her in her growing up. But isn't it so peculiar that something so subtle, so specific, the sound of a door, would be the thing that would stir her affections for that place? As Anglican Christians, we hold to the idea that God interacts with us through physical means, that the temporal and the spiritual are interwoven, even interdependent. Water, bread, wine, oil. God shows up extraordinarily in these simple physical things. It's what we call sacrament. God's love is manifested or is delivered through some kind of physical means. We also have a theology of sacred space. We act differently in the parish hall than in the narthex, than in the nave, than in the crossing, the chancel, the altar, the apse. All that God was, all that God is, all that God ever will be inhabited a physical space when Jesus was born. Something intangible drew within our grasp. God, who is love, who is spirit, who is limitless, inhabited space, the temporal, and took up residence in our human form. God lived in a sukkah, a flimsy makeshift shelter, a body, and in doing so, married the holy 
to the mundane. In that same way, God can inhabit you. You, a common temporal physical you, a sukkah. And in doing so, bring together the holy and the mundane. You and I can be consecrated by Jesus taking up life and dwelling within us. Mary Oliver writes in her poem, Wild Geese, she said, you do not have to be good, you do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles to the desert repenting, you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. We do not know when Jesus was born. I love both of these sets of theories for their extravagant, wild desire to see the poetry in Jesus' birth. But in either case, it is a God who mysteriously comes down to live in your midst, who sets up residency in your flimsy, makeshift dwelling. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.